we're getting a better idea where things are going. Uh, and I'm here, as I've been every week, with my partner, Freeway Rick Ross. Uh, what's up? What's up? What's going on, Rick, man? How you feeling? We starting to figure this thing out, Dave. Yeah, it's coming together. It's coming together. I guess. <laughs> so many twists and turns, man. Right. I mean, I mean, right. Who they got writing these? You know who they got? Who they got writing this thing? You know. Uh, you brought up some interesting. We got. We got. We got to get in touch with those. We got to get in touch with those writers and see if we can get them to come on the podcast um, and talk with us. That's that'll be interesting. You think they want to talk to me? They might. <laughs> they might. I mean, you know. They might, they, you know, they need, they, you know, they need, you know, the more, they need I, the, that. more I, the more I watch it, the more I see uh, similarities in our stories. Leon, you know, he, he's, he's starting to remind me of, of my old partner in, in a lot of ways, you know, and, and I'm just, just watching the similarities like, oh yeah, they jacked. <laughs> that was nah. a jack. Now, you before, know. before we get into that, cause I, I, I want you to talk about Ali, um, I just wanted to bring up a couple of things. I know um, we've been getting some pretty good feedback on on After the Snow so far. We've been doing some interviews. Wow. We got more things lined crazy. up. It's been crazy. Yeah, I know you is like lining up, man. I mean, it's like I added another job to my oh man resume. <laughs> you know, but, you, know, you did some interesting people. Yeah, you did uh, the Bootleg Cav show yesterday. Yeah, yeah, Kev was cool, man. You know, I, I I've heard about Kev forever. You know, even when I was in prison, you know, I used to hear him on the radio and 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 and, and so forth. So, you know, yeah. when you told me yeah. that I was going to, to interview with him. I was excited. You know, I, I won't yeah. lie. You know, because uh, I, I I've already interviewed with a few people. You know, I interviewed with Big Boy, but he never released the interview. I think he's scared. Oh, okay. I think okay. he's <laughs> Oh man. Oh you know, no. I, when I did the interview, I told I told I told my man, he was like, man, he ain't releasing this interview. You know, I, I took him <laughs> I took him too, I made him go. <laughs> too, 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 too much too, too much powerful information. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know, know. When you start putting that stuff out, man, people start backing up. Like, do I really want to say did I really mean to say what I said? You know what I'm saying? Even though it's the truth, you know, can I stand up to it? And you, and you know, yeah. I, I did a post about that too the other day, uh, Dave, and, and I, I, I got to get this off my chest. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Give me a second. Uh, uh, I don't know if you, 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 I know, I don't know how big a fan you are in, in boxing, but there's a guy by the name of Lomachenko. He was one time considered the pound for pound best fight in the world. Yeah. And he lost a couple months back. You know, great fight. You know, but he lost. He started the fight too late. Uh, and he, he lost all of his belts. But he had a chance to 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 win his belts back um, here in the next couple months. But after the uh, Russia attack, Ukraine, he gave up his opportunities, you know, to make a few million dollars, maybe like fifteen million dollars, and to possibly recapture all of his belts to go and and join his country to fight. And mm. just talking about you know the big boy interview that never got dropped, you know, that was. The interview is going to be powerful, you know, whenever it, 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 it probably never, he probably destroyed that motherfucker. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Shout out uh, big boy. When, when I think about this guy, Lomachenko is willing to not only give up his opportunity to capture the belt, to maybe be considered one of the greatest fighters uh, of, of this time, if not of all time, 
and to make $15 million. He probably was over here staying in a really comfortable house, but he was willing to give up all of that to go and defend his country. And, you know, when I look at our people here in America, black people in America, we don't even speak up, you know? Um, we allow our guys to be isolated when they do speak up, you know, uh, uh, talking about uh, Kyrie Irving, you know, when he stood up for what he believed, nobody, uh, uh, nobody stood up for him when Kavanaugh took a knee, you know, because of police violence, uh, none of the other people stood up for him, you know, uh, in, in, you know, when you look at a guy like Lomachenko gave up everything for his country and then we can't have our people not not give up nothing, just speak. Just say what, what the real is. And and the big boy interview just made me think about all that, you know, how in that interview he said that what has been happening to me in this country, how they literally taken things that really belong to me. My properties. And he didn't think it was right. Yeah. Yeah. So he he's given up everything to fight. And, and so when you're talking about, you know, things that are going on with black folks in America, both today and, and, and back then, I mean, this this new episode of Snowfall this week is called Revolutions. And, um, you know, so we we start to see more revolutionary thinking coming in. Uh, from Leon, you know, who's now, you know, talking about his people and what's being done to black people and what he, you know, wants to do about that and what he's re- ready to do. Um, also, Franklin's mom has has come back from Cuba and she has a renewed. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. I, yes. I was like, where are they going with that one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, she she has a very, you know, a renewed sense of, you know, uh, uh, you know, just, you know, black power and, and uh, you know, determination. You know, she's on another level, it seems. Everybody's going to to another level. I was saying uh, everyone's going in in this episode across across the board. But um so, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of wanted to ask you about this before, like, like, you know, you you're you become an activist. Uh, you've, uh, you know, been speaking out about a lot of important issues for a number of years now. But back in the 80s, you know, w- was you or any of your people like you mentioned, uh, you know, did, did did you guys share this kind of thinking that we're seeing uh, with, with Leon's character in this episode? Uh, uh, not, not to that level. You know, when, when I was young, my brother marched with the us, you know, the us was almost like the black Panthers, uh, same type of movement, you know, it was doing, doing the watch riots when, when, when they, they first came to my attention, you know, when the national guards riding down the street in tanks and, and so forth, uh, you know, caught my attention as a kid. Uh, and my brother, like I said, he marched with the us, but, uh, you know, for the revolution, that was pretty much the gist of it. Uh, but you know, when, when we were selling dope, you know, we were into it with the police. Uh, I mean, you could say we, we never shot at them or anything like that, but you know, the police were doing horrendous stuff to us, you know, planting drugs, lying on the witness stand, fabricating search warrants, uh, moving dope around, you know, uh, they may find dope over here in one spot, but they know if they say they found it in that spot, it wouldn't stick to nobody. So they put it where it would stick. 
and you know things like that there. So uh, I guess that's the gist of, of of our revolution during that time. Uh, but you know, I mean, I mean, we we had a little fascination with guns, you know, uh, and 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 my boy Ali really had a fascination with guns, and and I can see kind of the way they're playing Leon. Is Leon is playing that role of Ali, even though you know his character doesn't favor Ali. They didn't try to, because uh, Ali was a tall guy. Ali was about mm-hmm. six one, six two, uh, very slender, uh, quiet. Most people thought that he was my bodyguard. You know, they they didn't believe that that he was my partner. That me and him had started with one hundred twenty five dollars a piece. Uh, mm-hmm. But I see a lot of resemblance in uh, in Leon uh, to Al's character. Hmm. Ali, um, is he still around? He is. He is. He is. How's, how's um, he doing? Uh, you know, we, we don't, I mean, our, our friendship is not what it used to be. You know, uh, we used to yeah. be almost inseparable. You know, yeah. every, every one of my houses, he had a bedroom at my house, you know, uh, and vice versa. Uh, but it seemed like, you know, he went to prison too. And I think, I think prison broke him, you know, it changed his, uh, his drive to, to, to be wealthy. Uh, I, I guess he, he got locked into the fact that uh, uh, drugs was the only way he knew how to make money. And if he can't make money from selling drugs, then he's just going to be broke. Uh, and, and, you know, that's totally not my mentality. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going to sell some music. I'm going to play in a movie. You know, I'm going to go out and speak. I'm going to sell books. I'm going to sell t-shirts. I'm going to get me some money. You know, and, and you know that bringing up the T-shirt that was one of the highlights of uh, Kev's interview yesterday. You know, right, right. Uh, he asked me, "Have you ever been on Joe Rogan?" And so he he wanted to know, and I told him, "Yeah." He's like, "Man, with all the stuff Joe's going through right now, uh, tell me about your experience with him." And, and you know, I explained to him how when I went to Joe, you know, uh, I was homeless per se. Mm. You know, I, I mean, I was living in an apartment, but. Uh, you know, I hadn't filled out an application to the air and, you know, I could be put out at any time. And, hmm. and I was hoping Joe Rogan would have gave me some, Joe Rogan would have gave me some money. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. But he gave me some game, which okay. in the long run turned out probably I made more money with the game that he gave me than I would have made. You know, if he gave me five thousand dollars or ten thousand or even twenty thousand dollars, you know, it wouldn't been as valuable as the game that he gave me. So, uh, me and Kev talked about that. So they definitely got to go on there and check out the interview with Kev. Uh, Kev was definitely a great interviewer, and uh, it was enjoyable. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the scenes in the beginning of uh, of the show. Uh, reminded me of something we were talking about uh, last week, I think, uh, when they're uh, packing the trunk of the car up with the keys of cocaine <laughs> right in the beginning. Yeah, 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 I saw that. That was that was different. I would say that's okay. different too, you know. Uh, I, I never saw anybody pack them in there like that. Listen, you know, unless they had a stash spot, you know, now, now when we had stash spots in the cars, uh, <clears throat> like we had uh, uh, one of those custom bands one time where uh, you open the doors and right in the seam of the car, you could take it loose and you could stack them in there like that there, but just stacking them in the trunk like that. I, I never saw that. Usually when we put them in the trunk, we put them in duffel bags and, and just fill the trunk up with duffel bags. But Right. And you were saying that when y'all made the, 
drops, you would just switch cars. So like they would just oh, take yeah, the car yeah, with, yeah. with everything in it. Yeah. It, yeah. it's, it's much smoother, you know, when, when, when you just hand somebody, you know, you walk into the parking lot, you hand them keys, they hand you keys, you know, the, the, the switch is really, uh, swift, you know, and, and inconspicuous, you know, it's only a few seconds that the two people are actually in, in contact with each other. It's not like, you know, you go into the trunk and you get out a duffel bag and then he go to a trunk and get out duffel bags. Uh, one of our things is that we never wanted to have money and drugs in the same place. You know, when you do that, it looks like a dope deal. <laughs> right. right. So so uh, while they're packing the car is when we hear this uh, rap song come on and Jerome, you know, tells the guy to turn it up and, they're, you know, blasting the song, you know, thinking it's it's cool. I mean, it sounds terrible to me, you know, as far as a rap song, it's not very <laughs> representative of, of the quality that uh, California was putting out uh, back in those those days. I mean, um, but uh, you know what I thought it was? I thought he was listening to somebody's demo. Right. Right. You know, well, I mean, it was. I mean, they give, give you those demos and they'd be horrible. You'd be like, oh, my goodness. Right. Well, it was that kid that they go looking for uh, in the projects. Um, so, you know, rap music is now becoming a storyline in the show. Um, they head out. So in the song, he, he hears, of course, uh, that that the rapper is calling out Jerome and, you know, uh, Franklin and talking about the people that got killed, um, you know, uh, prayers for uh, Tiana and you know, this, that, and the other sharing all this information. So they're like, man, this guy's telling all our, our business and, you know, let's go down and we need to find him. And they go down and this guy is like, got a skateboard dressed <laughs> funny in the projects. And so I, I wanted to find out from you was, uh, did you ever see anybody with a skateboard in the projects back in the day? No, no. back in South Central during that time, nobody was riding skateboards. That was uh, different. You know, yeah. very different to have a skateboard back in 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 the ghetto back then. Uh, yeah. So so it was really weird, and to be standing on top of the roof, and and the guy was really weird anyway. You know, he seemed like he he wasn't all there. You know, uh, when 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 they uh, interacted, because he almost yeah. thought that that it was a good thing about about the CD when he came to him, like they was gonna be proud that he had did the CD. You know, uh, as if he was giving them props. Yeah, so th- this is this is one part I'm, I'm disappointed in with with the show and the way they're doing it in terms of the way they're bringing in you know rap music into the storyline here because it just doesn't seem realistic, um, you know, with the, with this kid and and what they're doing really from what I see is they're incorporating what we see happening in rap music today, which is you know the proliferation of people going on records on videos on youtube you know talking about their beefs calling out different people you know you know calling out dead dead ops and you know this is something you know to me that's gotten way out of hand in the in the music industry and the record companies almost like the rapper who stole my name you know he he did uh he did something about miami and, and and i'll tell you i probably got 10 letters from guys who have been mentioned in that song talking about, man, how can we stop him? Hmm. You know, uh, you know, guys were yeah. in prison, you know, with long prison terms. And it was like, man, how can we stop this guy? You know, I, I'm, I'm fighting my appeal right now. You know, this guy's going to hurt my appeal. 
And yeah. um, it, it's, so totally that, un, it's totally on street, you know, with street. Uh, Say, for instance, you know, back in the day, Master Spade did a song uh, called Old Gray Head Granny. Uh, and, and in that song, he talked about dope dealers and he knew he knew who we all were. I mean, he could have put our names in there if he wanted to, but he didn't say that. Mm-hmm. He just said, you go to the dope man, you know, you go to the dope man, you get an eight track, you spend three hundred dollars, you get nine hundred back. And <laughs> uh, it was very easy for him to have called out some names, you know, that, that people would have recognized. But that's not the way, you know, hip hop was right. back then, you know, hip hop. Right, was the, the, the past the 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 message around what was going on in the street, but not naming any particular individuals for the activities. Yeah. yeah. So you know, to me, I don't know why they're doing that because again, that's something that's going on in recent years. You know, as hip hop has become more, you know, controlled by the music industry and less by the streets. Like you were saying back in in the eighties and and even most of the nineties, you know, the streets really dictated what was going on with the music and the culture. And, you know, there was an authenticity and a way of doing things, you know, that that's insulting to the, to, 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 to the audience, you know, to now be feeding them uh, things that you haven't really done the research on. You haven't vetted out to get the facts, you know, when, 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 and, and I know it's a fiction story, you know, everybody, uh, but it's based on some facts and people believe, that this is a, a there's a lot of people out here believe that this is an absolutely true story. You know, uh, I've had uh, friends who called me from jail that they had arguments with guys who didn't believe that I didn't kill White Rob in real life. You know, uh, so so it's very important that uh, we try to keep you know this thing as close as we can to the facts and and don't just you know try to figure out how to. Uh, bring in something because you're running out of material. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure that they're running out of material now. <clears throat> and, yeah, and I mean, the, you know, the, the, the mu- bring it to the end. Right, right. I mean, but, that you know, the music that's starting to take place in L.A. during this time is, you know, N.W.A. This is the emergence of, you know, Ice-T and then N.W.A. And I mean, you know, Fuck the police. You know, that's the type of, you know, spirit that hip hop well, represented. Well, that's that's what, that what was going on. Bill Gates with the Bataram, uh, uh, cops, illegal search warrants, planting drugs on people, handcuffing them, whooping their ass, you know, right. putting scars in people's face like they did to mine. Uh, these are the things that's going on at this time, you know. Uh, uh, so quite naturally that was that's what was going on inside of the rap community yeah i mean rap was a voice to to uh, expose a lot of the things that were being done you know to black folks in in the hood and and you know the bigger picture behind a lot of this stuff and it was a voice of consciousness and change it wasn't a voice of somebody you know basically saying oh you guys are you know uh you know selling drugs and it's you know kids and moms are getting killed or whatever the guy's saying in his song and he's kind of criticizing you know the drug dealers now obviously it wasn't people wasn't getting killed like that from from selling drugs that that's a a total and that's another one of the roots that 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 has been portrayed uh uh with black men in in the media you know uh it, it let me say anytime in south central that Somebody got killed. The first thing they wanted to say, especially if they was gang related, it didn't have to be drug related. You know, they they just kept trying to put those correlations together. And and 
you know, somebody like me who lived there, I know most fights started in South Central, usually over girls. Mm. And then the guy may have sold drugs too, though, you know, but that wasn't the reason these two guys got into a fight. You know, they got mm. in a fight because one of them was probably effing the other one's girl and he found out about it. They got into a fight. One of them got whooped and didn't take his whooping and, and went and got his homeboys and, and, and now you got this, this great big thing. Yeah. Um, so I want to go back to what happened in the episode last night a little bit more. Um, you know, basically, um, you know, his mom uh, coming back. His, his mom, mom coming, coming back. back. Now that was, now I thought she was gone for good. I mean, here you are in Cuba, you know, away from all of this stuff. But then I found out that she was involved. You know what I'm saying? She was, she was a coke dealer herself, maybe. Um, I, I haven't saw that in the, in the thing, but I keep hearing them saying, uh, you're out. And then they're saying that she's back in, you know, right. like. Right. But over, the, over the course of the seasons, she began to, you know, get pulled in. In the beginning, first, you know, what you've seen, like she's pretty much staunchly against, uh, you know, um, Franklin selling drugs and worried about all that stuff. And but eventually she kind of starts to, you know, get involved. And that's when she becomes this kind of real estate, you know, uh, mogul trying to buy properties and do all these things and do deals and, you know, I guess clean up the money that way. <clears throat> so we saw all that happen in the last couple seasons. And then, she became um, a co-conspirator. Yeah. That's yeah. what they call them. Co-conspirators. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In federal, in federal, federal terminology, you, you become a co-conspirator. You know, anybody who cleans up the money or help move the money around is, is an aider and a better, you know, and uh, so Sissy, Sissy's back. That's, you know, she pops up after, I guess, you know, one hearing that Franklin's uh, uh, girl is pregnant. Um, so she's, you know, coming for that. But also I think she's finally, you know, ready to try to do something about what happened to Alton. And of course, she comes back and she tells everyone in no uncertain terms that she believes that Alton was murdered uh, by uh, Teddy and um and then, of course, they have to share with her that Teddy's back in the picture. Um, so, uh, you know, she's she's on another another. You know, she's on a mission. It seems Sissy is is coming back, and oh, no, she's got no, no, not seem. She's on a mission. You know, she's talking about having Teddy killed, but she wants all the facts first. You know, uh, uh, when when she's sitting at the table with the guy, she's she's literally saying, "Oh yeah, I want you to kill him, but not right now." I want you to do some investigation. I want to find out what happens. And I, I think she was a little disappointed in Franklin because Franklin is showing uh, some fear of Teddy. You know, Franklin's a little intimidated by, I mean, that's my personal opinion by Teddy. And and I mean, because he, he said it a few times, you know, as long as I sell his dope, you know, he's going to let me live. And, uh, that's what he's telling Veronique is Veronique gets all worried after the raid happens. And, and then she, you know, hears more about Teddy from Franklin's mom. And she's like, you know, you didn't tell me all that is, you know, how serious a threat is this guy? And that's when he's like, yeah, you know, long, he's just business. As long as I keep the money going, we're going to, we're going to be okay. Um, yeah. yeah. And she's also questioning when she found the gun in the house too, about, about how secure the house was or, or not necessarily the house, but outside of the house, you know, we, we, are we safe when we go other places? Yeah. We may be safe here in this house, but, 
uh, uh, how many other places are we safe at? And I don't know if they're necessarily safe there because he showed up at Franklin's door, even even though Franklin told him don't show up there no more. Um, this guy seems to have magical powers, you know, where where um, there's almost nothing that he can't do, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, the cop scene, uh, you know, the the other scene that really uh, got me was the cop scene with the auntie. Uh, talking to the cop, I almost thought they was having sex. It might be, yeah. You never know. That might yeah, be going, that, or that might be where where it does go. <laughs> that might become the tactic with him. Yeah, yeah, because um, Buckley, you, you you know, in 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 our situation with the cops, we never we never had contact like that where, where the cops talked to us and and told us they want us to turn somebody else in. You know, our cops were more just ruthless gangsters, you know, where they come in and uh, kick doors in and legal search warrants and steal the money and plant the drugs and uh, take you to court and lie on the witness stand and, you know, make the case look bigger than it was, shoot at you when you was unarmed. I mean, right. it just went on and on and on with these guys. So uh, you, ne- you never had the opportunity to kind of get a, a cop on your side that you could pay off to I never, really... I never really needed it, you know, by the time the cops found who I was, I was already I was already a multimillionaire. So you you got to look at it like like this: here you are, a multimillionaire. You've been doing it on your own. Why would you bring somebody else in? Hmm. And you're already thinking about quitting. You know, you're already like, I got to quit doing this shit. You know, like right. It's only a so matter what- of time before I get caught. You know, if I keep going, I'm gonna get caught. So. You, you know, you just don't bring people in to situations like that. It, it would be like with you, uh, uh, you know, you got the Source magazine going full steam ahead and then here's some two-bit writer come, you know, off the streets, you know, never wrote an article. And he's like, man, I want to be your partner. <laughs> For what? <laughs> right. You know, why would right. I take you on? You know, why would I even entertain your offer? Do you, you, know? do you think... Do you think there was anything going on with Danilo, who we talked about, you know, is the kind of Teddy character is somewhat based on Danilo. Now, you didn't know Danilo was a CIA operative, but do you think he was pulling any strings behind the scenes to help make sure you were good, keep the heat off you, allow you to, to, to in, in looking back, did you ever feel like, you know, well, maybe you there know, were a couple times that, that he had told us, uh, <clears throat> that we shouldn't be working and, and, and our spot got raided a couple of times. Uh, but that was about the extent of it. You you know, they, they mostly, you know, got their information, you know, back then with the scanners and, and, and so forth. Uh, I don't know how, because my understanding is that the sheriffs was on him first. You know, the sheriffs was on Danilo. You know, they raided their properties and everything. But once they got him, then... Uh, they say the feds came in and told him to back off. Okay. So yes. uh, uh, I don't know if he had the, the kind of pool where he could 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 protect me per se. Uh, uh, I don't know though. You know, it's it's it's, it's baffling. But had mm. I known that that he was a CIA operative and they had the green light to bring the drugs in, I would have sent my money over there with him like they asked me to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. They'd asked me if I wanted to send my money overseas with him. You know, I would oh, okay. got a better price and, you know, oh. whole nine yards. But I, I felt it was just, you know, like normal hustling. So 
you know, that ain't none of that guaranteed. You send that money out and it might not come back with nothing. So uh, I so thought he, it was better for me to keep doing what I've been doing. I was winning already. All right. So Louis meeting with Buckley. Uh, of course, Louis not letting nobody know that, you know, why that raid and the projects happened, um, that Buckley had asked her to give him a snitch and she hadn't done it yet. She's keeping that, you know, under her, you know, under her uh, coat there, not letting anybody really in on that. Uh, but Buckley plays like the, you see him now as the, the typical cop guy who's like, you know, came from the neighborhood, but was always getting picked on. And now he's become a cop to try to get back. Cause you know, he's like, these are my people. And these are the same people that were calling me red bone all my life. And, you know, he was so upset about how he was treated when he was a kid that, you know, he don't have from the neighborhood. Mm. They wouldn't hire no cops from the neighborhood back then. Mm. Because uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Our community was a much tighter niche back then than it is right now. Hmm. You know, interesting. More, uh, I, I mean, and, and I, I'm even talking about maybe even before the game started. You know, hmm. when when you could literally go anywhere in LA, and and because uh, I remember when me and my mom first moved out, you know, everybody was blood. You know, when 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 they would see a black on another, I mean, even. You know, my tennis coach told me even when they was in Vietnam, you know, and two black guys would see each other, it was like always blood, you know, meaning that we're blood brothers. Uh, <clears throat> so it was a much tighter niche community, uh, you know, because one of the things they, they they was really baffled about me is that my community didn't, didn't turn me in. You know, the community could have been turned me in mm. early, early in my career. They knew who I was. You know, they saw me walking the streets. They saw me driving new cars. Uh, uh, when when they know that I wasn't driving new cars six months ago, you know, so mm-hmm. so our community was a much tighter niche. Uh, uh, we 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 looked out for each other and we had love for each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, Franklin goes to Teddy, tries to get his help with the cop situation. You know, Teddy tells him, you know, he don't have that pull uh, anymore um, after what happened with uh, Alton exposing him. Everybody's too worried, he says. But uh, he also throws in, you know, this comment about nobody cares about, you know, black folks in South Central. So, you know, this ain't a big deal. Don't worry about it. You know, stick close to your family and they won't be able to touch you. Um, what did you, you know, know they got that from Danilo? Hmm. Danilo said that on the witness stand. He said that, uh, let me see if I can rephrase exactly the way he said that. He said that after he went, after Enrique Remuda has had the, the meeting with uh, George W. Bush Sr. and came back and said the ends justify the means. So Danilo was telling a, he didn't know the guy was a government informant. And he was telling the informant, oh, yeah, we just sell it to the to the blacks, you know, mm. because once they start killing each other and everything, nobody cares. Uh, mm. So the informant was was secretly recording the conversation. So that definitely was a, a, a Danilo Blandone a conversation right. when he said that. I mean, right. As soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, yeah, they stole that. Right. That definitely part of our story. Right. So that's that's where, you know, Snowfall can be authentic in a sense, you know, because it is 
pointing out, you know, that reality that, you know, a lot of this was allowed to go on because, you know, the powers that be didn't give a damn about these people in these communities and, and, and what, what was going to, going to happen to them, uh, you know, with the, with the influx of, of, of the crack, uh, you know, uh, you know, drug and, and everything that it caused. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it was so much going on in South Central at that time. You know, that was uh, the gangs were starting to hit his his peaks. You know, uh, and and mixed with the drugs and the police brutality, it was just like a, a, a ticking time bomb. You know, uh, just waiting for 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 something to explode. You know, just like it did with the Rodney King riot. What did you think about the dogs when they let the dogs loose and bite the kid up? Um, did did you see did you see that kind of stuff happening back then? They let the dog bite me. <laughs> oh, that's right, that's right. You talked about that. You know, they handcuffed that's me. That's right. Uh, uh, I had quit selling drugs. I hadn't been selling drugs for about a year and a half at the time, and I was working on one of my apartment buildings, and they rolled up, and I took off running and ran into a house. And, they sent the dog in and found me and, and the dog chewed me up. So absolutely, I saw that. You know, I, I was in the hospital ward, so lots of people came in from dog beats, you know, from dog bites. You know, and they had one particular cop, in particular, Marty Coon, who uh, who was a dog handler. He was my dog handler. And uh, he hit the paper about how many people his dog had actually bitten, who people said that they weren't resisting arrest or wasn't fighting or anything when, when they allowed the dog to attack them. Hmm. Wow. Um, so Leon goes to see Avi. Uh, he wants some heavy artillery. He's ready to take on the cops if he has to. Uh, this is becoming another storyline. Um, you know, Avi warns him, you know, what will happen if if they kill cops. Um, and he says, you know, he may just have to he'll be happy if he if he gets at least one, uh, something like that, Leon says. So Yeah, he said that. That's exactly what he said. Yeah. So what what did you what did you make uh of that? Well, you know, my guys uh they got tired of being beat up. You know, it's like the freeway task force, they had thirty five cops that was put together, assembled to to catch me. Hmm. And the cops started getting frustrated, you know, because they, they not only could they not catch me, but they couldn't see me. Hmm. So they started to really punish my guys and my guys started to get offended, you know, and it started to say, you know what? We're going to do something to their ass, you know, hmm. uh, and they were talking about getting artillery and, and the, the, so the narcotic agents that was chasing us. They didn't work out of the police station. They had like a little trailer behind the police station that was for the narcotic agents where they all went and met. And, uh, mm. we, we, you know, we found out that that's what they, their headquarters was. And, uh, the homies was talking about, uh, uh, tearing that, that little headquarters up. Hmm. Okay. So there's some, there's some truth to, to this part of the story a little bit, you know, that, you know, definitely. Uh, yeah, I have a big meeting with the guys behind that, man. I was like, listen, man, you guys going to send me to prison forever or to death row. Mm. You know what would happen to me if you guys go down there and and blow that place up or shoot that place up. They come straight and get me. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Well, that's what that's what you that's what I'll be uh, telling Leon. So uh, it sounds like he's telling them. Same type of thing you had to tell your your guys about that. Um, 
And uh, it seemed like Leon was going to listen, though. I think Leon already had his mind made up. <laughs> he even showed uh, uh, Franklin's mom's the gun. Right. Right. So it's going to be interesting, yep. you know, how, how that plays out with him, you know, uh, uh, with these guns and, and, and with his retaliation. Um, what's going to happen? I'm interested to find out. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to talk about that scene where Sissy, you know, Franklin's mom goes to see Leon. He doesn't show up to the dinner. And so she heard, you know, these things going on with him. So she goes to to, to talk to him. And, uh, you know, she kind of says, you know, there's other ways to make change. It doesn't always have to be violence. You know, back in the day with the Black Panthers, we had to find other ways. And uh, she said, you know, when you go with violence, she said, violence becomes the story, not justice. And, um, you know, and it leads to jail for, for, for you guys. And, and that's what they want for, you know, for black people. And we got to find other ways to fight um, and change. So this is, again, that revolutionary, you know, spirit that Sissy's, you know, grown into. Uh, she's also talks about socialism down in Cuba, where she's been and how it's not perfect, but how, you know, things are much better for the average person uh, in Cuba uh, in a lot of ways um, than it is for black you know people. Said, I mean, on that, the fact that she said everybody in Cuba could read, mm. you know, that they, they took the time out to educate their people, to mm. make sure that their people understand the basic necessities to, uh, to life and, and reading was one of it. And the other thing I found in there, I found a little contradictory in, in contradiction in, in, in her saying when she told Leon about the violence, because on one hand she's saying he's telling him don't do violence, but then on the other hand she's trying to <laughs> she's trying to kill Teddy. Right. Right. She's well she feels she, to be killed. Right. Well she feels so she has go ahead. She feels she has some type of, you know, higher level plan that's going to work, whatever it is. I mean, I don't know who that guy is that we see in the very last scene that she meets at the diner. Um, Ruben, um, I think was his name. And I don't know if he's, you know, who, who do you think that guy is? is he like a Mexican, you know, operative? He appears to be Mexican. Yeah. So we, you know, we, we talked about like in the last episode, how, you know, how's Franklin going to find a way out of the CIA, you know, dealing with the CIA and, and, and Teddy and Sissy may be the person that provides that way. She has some plan up her sleeve uh, with this guy. So what, what are you what, what are you getting from that? Well, you know. Uh, uh, um, I don't know if Teddy really wants to get out. You know, he hasn't showed me uh, uh, the willingness to, to, to be willing to get out yet. You know, I, I mean, they got enough money already. Did you see all the money that they had in, on those shelves? You, see, you know, it looked like they got about $100 million in there. You know, right. uh, why you see, so I mean, you know, people always question me. Then you had a million dollars. Why was you still selling dope? And, you know, my only answer is, I was a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like they got a hundred. I mean, they look like Fort Knox up in there. If you if you look in the room, you know, right. I don't know how they made that kind of money working with, with, with one double bag of dope. But hey, <laughs> so, so, so you're not convinced that, that Franklin Franklin wants to get out. Uh, he hasn't oh. showed me. He hasn't showed me the desire to get out yet. OK. You know, uh, uh, 
to even want to be out. You know, right now it's it's like full steam ahead. You know, uh, right. I mean, he's trying to pull his uncle and auntie back in to him. Right. You know, he's not telling so he's... To, to to quit selling dope. He's saying y'all should be getting y'all dope from me. <laughs> so right. I'm going to cut that money. Right. You know. Um, so he's he's talking a good one to Veronique, trying to keep her. You know. Uh, you know, believing. But at the same time, we, we're now seeing a whole nother side to Veronique. You know, she's, you know, she's, I had said this a few weeks back about how she reminded me of Franklin's mom. And now it seems like, you know, we're seeing that, uh, you know, when the mom returns and how proud she is of Veronique and what she's doing. And Veronique is like, oh, you know, well, I'm just following your blueprint and, you know, this type of thing. And, and then, you know, what we don't really know that that, you know, definitely gets mentioned is Veronique's mom. I don't know if you, you notice that where she's talking about when she has the gun in the beginning and she shows Franklin, she knows how to, you know, cock and load the gun and everything. And he's like, well, how did you learn that? And then she's talking about how her mom taught her. Um, and then I think Franklin says, like, you know, what, what you know, what do you think would happen if your mom showed back up? Um, and she was like, man, we, we would be on the next plane to Africa the next day. So I'm wondering, you know, if we're going to learn more about Veronique's mom in the coming weeks here and if Veronique's mom may show up in some capacity, um, you know. I can see Veronique, we- too, and, and, and Franklin's mom bumping heads. You know, they kind of got, uh, uh, you know, Veronique wasn't, I, I won't say unhappy with his mom being back, but she did show some concerns about her coming back, getting back into the mix. You know, she mentioned that to Franklin. Well, that, that's, that's, what, that's what I was about to, that's what I was about to say. Like I could see Veronique's mom getting into it with Sissy, with Franklin's mom, if she does come, come into play. Well, Veronique is going to get into it with his mom, I believe. I, I believe. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, you know, in here, you, you, you got a bunch of heads that's going to wind up bumping heads here in a few minutes because there's not enough Indians, you know, they don't show, uh, there's not enough for the workers. There's not enough for the, of the dealers, you know, to, to, to carry the story. So what they're going to have to do is use, um, one of these main characters to really carry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you don't, you don't have a, uh, an idea of who that guy is at the end? Do you have a, what would you guess him, him to be? I think he's a hitman. Okay. I'm predicting him to be a hitman. If, if I was, my first thing would be a hitman. And then my next one would be an informant who, who is there playing like he's a hitman. And, uh, once she hires him to do the hit, she's, he's going to arrest her. Hmm. My predictions. Yeah. Oh. Hold me to those. One of those is gonna be right. Right, right. Well, um we're gonna see. We know we we documented all this in, in, in real time every week now. Um, you know, like I said, I'm I'm happy we got caught back up and we can talk about, you know, the episode right away. Just get this out there for everybody. Um you know, we still want all all the viewers and listeners to give us feedback. Come on to social media, give us your comments and questions so we can bring those up. You can go to, uh, uh, you know, at Breakbeat Media on Instagram. You can go to the Breakbeat Media YouTube channel um, 
And uh, you can follow uh, at Freeway Ricky on Instagram and at The Real Dave Mays on Instagram and jump on our page and uh, throw some uh, some comments in there for us as well. Um, yeah, and know so- what you guys want me to know about the show, what you think I should have knew uh, that way I missed, you know, hit me up, let me know. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, man. Um, any other, um, thoughts? I mean, next week, did, did you watch the, you know, you know, they have a little preview of the next week at the end after the credits and stuff go off. Did you, did you watch that? I didn't. I didn't. Okay. I I just peeked that, um, today. So it, it looks like all hell is about to break loose um, next week. There's some kind of big war going on, and, and you hear them saying, like, somebody's doing this from the inside. They know every all our moves, and, you know, there's some some type of war is uh, is breaking out uh, apparently next week. So, um, you know, we'll be ready to talk about all that exciting action in Episode 5 next week. Um Oh, before we go, I wanted to mention two things. Well, you know, I got my Muhammad Ali shirt on today since this was the revolution. Absolutely. Um, And and the revolutions episode, you know, I think of obviously, you know, Muhammad Ali, one of our uh, not only greatest athletes, but just, you know, greatest uh, voices for 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 the people and for, you know, righteousness and and, and justice and uh, that sort of, uh, of thing. So I felt it was appropriate to to rock. Uh, the Muhammad Ali shirt today. And then the other reference I wanted to bring in was, uh, you know, yesterday, of course, March 9th, uh, this was the 25th year anniversary of Biggie's assassination murder in Los Angeles, 1997. Um, wanted to get your thoughts on, on that, Rick. Uh, well, you know, um, everybody loved Biggie. You know what I'm saying? Biggie is one of the greatest rappers of all time. Um, we already know if Biggie was still around, some of these guys wouldn't wouldn't have that top spot right now. So uh, the mystery behind his murder, you know, that for one, it's never been solved. Um, and I don't know if, if they want to solve his murder, you know. Um, supposed to have been some police connections with it and, and, and so forth. So... Um, all that kind of blends right into this mysterious CIA connection. Yeah, I was going to say that, you know, that that, you know, when I think about the deaths of Tupac and Biggie, um, I think about government interference involvement. I think about COINTELPRO. I think about, you know, agent provocateurs and different things that were going on uh, to incite this kind of situation. Um, and you know, that, that's, doesn't get talked about a lot, but, uh, the connection with Biggie's death and Tupac's death and what happened in your situation where it was, you know, revealed that the CIA was, you know, uh, involved in, in backing the, you know, sale of drugs and bringing crack cocaine into, into the hoods. Um, you know, it's all kind of connected. So I thought that was a, you know, I thought we should acknowledge Big, of course. You know, um, we have the Unsigned Hype uh, podcast series, documentary series coming from Breakbeat in the next uh, month or so. You guys will be able to tune in and hear the story of Unsigned Hype, which is the column that uh, – we had in the source magazine that discovered Biggie, you know, I'm, I'm the one that uh, basically brought 
uh, Biggie to Puff. You know, Puff uh, uh, and I were friends and uh, had known him since the late 80s when he started uh, interning at Uptown Records. And, of course, he started blowing up, making moves um, at a- as an A&R person. And it, they finally gave him his... Uh, his first label deal. He called me and he was excited, man. You know, Andre Harrell had just given him an, a deal for Bad Boy to be an imprint uh, under Uptown Records, and he was looking for rappers. And uh, so I immediately went down the hallway to my boy, Maddie C., uh, who ran the Unsigned Hype. And Biggie had just been in Unsigned Hype, you know, that month. He was in the new magazine, and Matt said, you know, this is the guy, man. We got we to gotta send this one up to, up to Puff. And uh, we did. Matt brought the demo to him and and Big got signed like, uh, you know, a month or so later. And, you know, that's that's how it all how it all happened. So, you know, man, shout out. Yeah, I'm trying to sign a rapper right now. New kid. I'm trying to sign out of Oakland. Okay. All right. We're going to be checking for that. Um, And want to mention your fight coming up before we go to uh, it's March 25th. Bashan Champ, Philadelphia, the 25th now, of this pe- month. Now, people who aren't in Philly, is it going to be available to, to stream anywhere? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be uh, streaming on Fight. Uh, I think it's on Fight TV. Uh, I'm a, I'll have it posted on my on my Instagram for okay. people who want to come on there and see it. Okay. So, yeah, you know, of course, Freeway has uh, Freeway Boxing. He's got a, a number of professional fighters, you know, that he's managing. And uh, shout out to Vashon, Vashon Champion. Uh, now, Vashon's from uh, Ohio, right? Did I read? He's Dayton, from Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. Yep, yep. But he's so fighting in Philly. Dayton, Ohio. Make sure you go check your guy out. He represents Ohio to the fullest. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So, um, all right, man, it's another another good episode. Um, looking forward to keeping this going. We're just really getting our, our stride. The season's starting to really come together with episode four. So, you know, five on is going to be, I think it's going to be a, a, a thrilling ride. And we're going to keep talking about the show and we're going to keep getting into more in-depth uh, on some of the important issues, you know, behind the show and the real life things uh, that we've been touching on. We're going to bring in, you know, some some guests and we're going to get more in depth on some of that as as the season goes on. So, uh, you know, thank you guys. Subscribe on uh, Breakbeat Media's YouTube channel so you can k- keep the late get the latest uh, video alerts, but also go to your Apple or Spotify and, uh, you know, search up After the Snow and you can subscribe on the podcast app because the, the audio comes out the day before so you'll have uh, early access to our show on audio and then uh fridays the video on on the youtube channel um so uh rick man appreciate you um as always big you know, day yeah man talk to you we're gonna hit this I might hit be this coming to chicago on the 26th too somebody invited me out to a high school so uh oh. we don't have all the details yet but if i come we yeah, we got to go to Soul Vegetarian and get us some of that Soul Vegan food. Yeah, my treat, you already, my treat. Yeah, <laughs> you already know. Yeah, we ain't talked about that being vegan, both of us. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into that. But yeah, they got they got a few good vegan spots out here in in uh, in the shy that I've picked up on. But yeah, hope you make it out here. Hope hope I'll be seeing you in person here or in Philly at the fight. Oh, that'd be dope. Yeah. All right, y'all, after the snow. All right, my man. Thank you. Breakbeat Media. We out.